Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. This week in production, we're recording live on location, just on the wrap of a big corporate on-site shoot. Joining me in the TWIP hotel room, slash tequila bar, slash technology park, uh, Mr. X. I'm just going to leave it at Mr. X. Mr. X is a corporate producer. We've talked many, many times on This Week in Production about how the pandemic has affected the production community, the independent producer, but we have not talked about how it affected people who work for a company who didn't lose their jobs, but the, the crisis, the pandemic affected you in a way that probably many people don't know. Well, Mr. Aldrich, it's a pleasure to be here sitting on the floor of your hotel room. Yes, well, this is this has been a long time coming. The, to have Mr. X on the podcast has been on the wish list, so I am honored, sir. Oh, well, thank you. It's great to be here. I think it's a lot different than what you've gone over in the past. Certainly the scope of what video has been in the corporate arena has changed, as you know. Prior to COVID was, uh, you know, regular productions, lights, <laughs> real cameras. Real cameras, location, Location, makeup, uh, essentially skilled artisans of the production all disappeared. And we ended up with um, nothing. Uh, we ended up with uh, doing stuff remotely. So... I, I can remember with a small the small team that we have that I thought that once the pandemic hit and I knew that uh, you guys were obviously hit very hard, uh, I thought that we were going to get hit very hard uh, in terms of being able to capture uh, video and edit it, produce it. What I didn't expect was that the being hit hard was not going to be there's no work it's there, it's going to be that there's way too much work you know i don't know exactly what point i was in alaska during the pandemic when basically the closure happened um i'm assuming one day you're at your desk wondering what's going to happen and then the next minute you probably get what an email that says the office is going to be closed until further notice. That's correct. Um, we were actually on a, a gig with you guys. Um, we came back, uh, I think it was the Tuesday uh, before, before it all fell apart. Um, we got a note saying, uh, you know, on Thursday we're going to be uh, working from home. And then uh, I think we all thought that this was going to be, uh, you know, four weeks, six weeks, something like that. And we would all be back. Uh, clearly, that was not the case. We have not been back since. Right, which is now almost uh, 18 months. Yes. There was a couple of days, I think, early on um, when everybody was kind of getting used to or trying to get their head around what this was going to be. 
in our business, it's, uh, you know, it's client facing. So all of the, it wasn't, it, essentially what happened was our people would need to be out in front of clients normally selling and uh, that disappeared. So ultimately they needed to come back and find a way to get in front of those clients and that ended up being remote recording which right. is uh you know and and we tried a few different scenarios obviously i have been doing live streaming in various ways i tried to sort of offer some some solutions your firm has purchased the last batch of 480p cameras on the planet and you've equipped them with every single person in your firm that has a standard definition camera. So doing any live streaming from those cameras produced just the worst looking picture in the world. I appreciate that. Thank you. So I had proposed some solutions. We, we tried doing uh, iPhone kits. We tried doing external microphones. We tried a, a bunch of scenarios to help and the i think the biggest hurdle that we ran into was that these people were not technology proficient and so any anything besides a laptop or maybe you know an ipad was way too complex it's the uh, as we say the technical acumen uh, to be able to operate a camera or a phone <laughs> for that matter um you can absolutely get a decent picture out of a, a, a iPhone or a, a tablet. Um, but without having some kind of producer, um, you're really leaving it up to them to, to try to create something. And uh, most of the time you get nothing. Uh, headroom is wrong. Lighting is wrong. Connection is wrong. I mean, there's, there's lots of things that have gone wrong and what we ended up go figuring out is that uh zoom uh, was really the easiest not the not the best at all um but it was the 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 smallest barrier to entry uh, where they just have a laptop and then we were able to be on the recording and and guide them in terms of lighting or sound or or uh, headroom and yeah, two two things that I had noticed that I don't know how I know how I perceived it. I don't know how it was perceived on the inside. So the quality was horrible, and I don't know it's, if that was something that was noticed internally or not. I mean, obviously, together and 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 through your other um, avenues, you were used to producing pretty high quality video. So the fact that the Zoom video was subpar i mean did that was that even uh, on the radar just or it just didn't matter because it was just easy and it didn't matter that it was poor that's a great question um we kind of have a a, a saying that um if it looks like corporate video we are not doing a good job um so we do like as you know 
we go, you know, we go all out when we're, when we're going to record or when we're going to film something. Um, all things are considered, uh, location and sound and what cameras we use. Yeah, your approach is very much cinematic. And it is. So, so going to this Zoom, I mean, did anyone in the firm say, what the heck are you doing over there, Mr. X? I think, <laughs> I don't think that was the case early on. I think everybody was so happy to like I said before, to, to kind of get in front of the clients, um, hard to, hard to measure, you know, they felt that they were making that touch point, uh, to, to try to reach people. I do think that over time people got pretty freaking tired of it. I mean, it looks terrible. Uh, there's internet connections, uh, our issued laptops are not, equipped to your point with uh, great cameras i mean there's so many variables to make it bad not saying that there haven't been good ones we've had some people that have dslrs hooked up um that is the vast minority of uh, anything that we've done i i think one thing that i noticed too especially with the types of internal clients that you service you're servicing clients at the top rung of the ladder and there seems to be a, a certain time constraint always with these people where you, you can't take too much time to work out problems. And I think that's where the Zoom part comes in. I mean, do you, is that a pressure that you have been told you cannot waste this person's time? Or is that just internally over the years you know that that's how it's going to be and you are now taking steps just to avoid bottlenecks? No, I I think that the the you know our internal clients uh, that we've dealt with understand that it's important to do. Uh, it may not be the best quality. Uh, it it will not be the best quality, but I think they appreciate the fact that it needs to be done. I don't I don't think we are. It is difficult to schedule time. So, in a recording like this, uh, there is. Yourself, uh, me, or someone from my team, you have the person that's recording. You may have a handler. So really the hard part is uh, is trying to schedule all of those people for one uh, at, a, at a specific time. And sometimes there are more than one. Uh, it could be a conversation. It's not necessarily just one person. It could be a um, you know, two, three people, four people talking uh, on a particular subject. So that gets uh, that gets a little hairy, but I don't think I've ever really felt pressure in terms of when we're recording that this needs to wrap. I, I think they're they're cognizant of uh, the fact that it needs to get done as good as it can be. I know for me as a production professional that I really did not feel great about the quality of work that I was able to do in a lot of these <laughs> scenarios. And it affected me, you know, mentally, I was a little depressed. I mean, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So from your standpoint, I mean, how did, how did you fare in, in this, this, uh, lesser world? Not well. Um, it was a lot of work. I mean, we were able to, uh, early on, uh, before COVID, we were able to manage projects ourselves. Um, you would be able to uh, schedule it. Uh, you get the location, 
hotels, uh, crew, resources, the whole thing. Uh, we we'd be able to do that ourselves, and 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 in a way, we prided ourselves on that. We didn't. We are we're we are not a, a organization that is a you know a media organization. So we kind of handle it handle it ourselves. What ended up happening, honestly, two months, I mean, maybe two months into it, it was just blinding, uh, the amount of work that was coming through. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, just, to, just to kind of put it into perspective, our normal workflow might be, uh, you know, larger productions. We do, you know, four or five a year, maybe, maybe. Um, very much approached kind of documentary style where you uh, go and get a bunch of footage and come back and figure out what all the deliverables are. There might be 10, 15 uh, for a particular project. But in this scenario, it was everything needs to be done right away. Everything. They would schedule it quick. You know, I would do a call and we would be scheduling a Zoom in three days. And then that needs to be turned around in two days. And you can multiply that times, you know, 500. It was just, it was nonstop. It was all the time. And it wasn't necessarily the recording as much as it was the, the, the prep of, of trying to get people. So I would have to get on calls and, and tell the, you know, with the folks that are going to be presenting and tell them what to expect because they were nervous and they didn't understand what this was going to be. And that was a lot of work early on. That probably took six months, maybe maybe eight months to get everybody to a point where <laughs> it's going to be cool. We're going to be able to figure it out. And then, and then, like everyone else in the world, you got very used to to what Teams or Zoom or Mimo or whatever it was was going to be. It was this is the this is the bar. It's not terribly high, but we need to get it done and move on to the next project, which is you know five seconds away. The biggest problem I had was that I was unable to delegate the work effectively. Uh, my team, which is uh, absolutely fantastic, uh, w you know, wanted to help, uh, but I, I, I simply didn't have the time. I was on calls all day long. I mean, way, way past eight-hour days. And I simply got to a point, I, I'm not sure that, I don't know if you can relate with this or not, but it became, even though they might be small projects, it became much easier in my mind to say, listen, I will just take this on. I know exactly what needs to be done. Then but trying to explain it. Then it took more time to explain the project and and and, and uh, direct them to the, to the location of it than it would be for me to do it myself. That was a huge mistake. Um, and it was, uh, it was really, as you know, it was very difficult for me. I, I, I felt like I could not climb on top of it. We ended up three months in getting a project manager, which we've never had. And it was the biggest difference. Uh, and, and that person was fantastic. Absolute lights out. Um, and, uh, she had experience in production, but, uh, you know, this isn't production. This is crazy town. This is, I need nine zoom meetings in the next three days. It's, uh, uh, you know, you do is you, you do one of these recordings and there's five deliverables. Uh, so, uh, 
the project manager made a really, really big impact and is really the, the lifeline for us because there's just so many projects that happen at the same time. Um, and I, I'm hoping that that's going to resolve itself. I don't ever see a scenario where, where a project manager is not part of uh, our, our system. And, you know, really the biggest um, concern is, is that uh, the powers that be think that this is some kind of situation that is sustainable. Uh, it's not. And did you feel, and I, I know you did because we talked about it uh, offline, but the the work day didn't really seem to have a start and an end. No, you know what I mean, and I think that's something that on on the outside, the non corporate type video, you know, we're used to just working long days and whatever it is. But in the corporate world, it's not that way, and you're used to, you know, I don't want to say a nine to five, but it's more nine to five than it is sixteen hour days. So what was it like? with that sort of, you know, hey, I need to do these West Coast calls now that are three hours into my evening because people just don't care that it's East Coast and West Coast times. Yeah, and and international as well. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was really stressful. Um, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of uh, balls in the air at what at one time were you frustrated by i guess the lack of compassion for a somewhat normal day or did you feel like somehow you were obligated to do what you had to do you know not to sound like a a, a stooge but corporate stooge but uh, you know i wanted to do whatever i could do to help the firm uh succeed uh you know if they needed stuff for proposals or uh or one-on-one -on -one videos or linkedin lives or all the dozens of stuff that we've done you know i i i felt that it was my job to to get all of that done so that we could move it forward i wasn't entirely sure what the future was i mean all my friends you guys you know uh, were were hit really hard um i didn't know when that was coming uh, if it was coming like I said in the beginning, it, it not only didn't come, but it it was exponential. I mean, we probably did more, granted there's, there's smaller scale projects, but we probably did more videos in the first four months of the shutdown than we did in an entire year. You, know, this, you were there, you know. <laughs> I do know, I, I do. You know, you had an infrastructure at your office. You You had a... You you actually had one of the first Apple Xan you know installs in right. in the uh, in the New York area, and it was a big install and it was a lot of storage and then it expanded over and so you know you're used to a certain you know level of capacity and speed, you know when you were told hey the office is shutting down I mean what were you able to take and bring home that that is uh, that's probably one of the uh, you know, of all the things, I think that's the thing that gets overlooked. We had a we had a good system. Uh, there are, you know, there's four of us, and and we were on a, a, a shared system for the most part. And the idea of of working from home was that you might be able to grab a small project uh, and work on it, and then bring it into the office. You would upload it 
to the sand uh, where it could be shared. And that, but most of your work, right, happens in the office. It's very centralized, the, the, the storage. When we were told that we weren't going back, when it became evident that we were, <laughs> we were not going back, I I had to make a decision, which was to uh, which was to to break apart the the centralized system and decentralize it, so that I was able to split raids upon raids upon raids of of hardware and then distribute that uh, to to all of our uh, you know basements and uh, spare bedrooms. And that is difficult because there's no, uh, you don't have, really have a backup system anymore. Um, you know, you run a RAID uh, 5 or a 6 uh, with the idea that uh, if a drive goes down, that you're able to get a new one in the event that you could even buy one in the first place. Well, we didn't know that, we didn't know that it would actually become problematic so until if, it was... If I would have known that the, the big, uh, we, use, uh, we use the Pegasus... If I would have known what was coming, I would have bought every one that they had. Um, I think we picked up one, whatever it was, 60, 80, 80 terabytes. I mean... Uh, that was uh, probably the last one that was available. It might have been the last one, and I am uh, I like to run a 10% headroom. Um, you know, those days are gone. I am constantly <laughs> on B&H trying to find something bigger than a, you know, than a 32 terabyte, which just doesn't do the trick um it's not that the files are big it's that there's just so much data and the other problem is that the the centralized system that we had i brought into my basement which means that when my guys need a file or one of my clients needs a file i can't say hey can you go find this it has to be me because i'm the only one that's connected to it and it's uh it's crazy it's crazy there, and there's a lot of burden i don't know how you feel but i know just in maintaining files for you guys and for other clients there's there's a certain pressure that you probably have never experienced and oh i have to make sure this file is protected because i basically have the only version of it and it's sitting you know on a raid that's in my basement with my cats and my, you know, guitars. <laughs> well, have you seen my basement? Yes. No, no, my cats and that's my right. guitars. <laughs> no, that's true. What we ended up doing at the, you know, what I ended up figuring out at the end was that I couldn't be the one to back it up anymore. I actually have, I have the other guys back up each other's files on a raid five so that one person doesn't necessarily have all the data you know there's got to be some redundancy i have had the misfortune of having two drives go down on a on a raid and you know losing everything the storage problem is real uh seriously seriously real it's real and it, it it bothers me i definitely think about it a lot you know if something happens has your it department like tried to offer either guidance or instruction about anything i mean i don't even know if they're aware i guess of what your department has to do these days but has there been any any sort of steering from the it group about what you should be doing with data no uh i i i'm sure they're thinking about it um but to be fair i think 
I think everybody is in a state of, you know, it's, it's duct tape all the time. You got a problem, you fix it temporarily until you get a, you know, a better solution. So it's not, it's certainly not negligent. It's just, um, just the reality. It's the reality of everybody's working from home. They got way bigger problems than, uh, you know, we are not a, uh, we're not a production house. We're, we're a video department in a very, very large organization. Right. All right. So I'm going to bring this around full circle now. Before I've you been, do, hold yes. on. There's been no talk of what we're drinking here. I'm, oh. I, I feel like I'm slighted. I've been listening to these things. and. Uh, well, as you know, I am a wannabe Don Julio brand ambassador. Yeah, I, I am aware of that. Yes. So I am drinking um, a 1.75 milliliter Don Julio Añejo from... Um, a very good year, 1998. Oh, <laughs> I dropped the cork. Oh, Sorry. Boy. <laughs> wow, he's pouring me a st- uh, stingy pour. Well, saving it for himself. <laughs> <laughs> I only think about myself. <laughs> so I'm going to bring this conversation back uh, a little bit. I'm going to. I have yeah. two, two two questions for you. Um, that come to mind being that we are on uh really i think it's your first location job where you've actually traveled Mm. by airplane in 18 or so months yep so what was that experience like i mean being back sort of in in a i don't want to say a war zone because it was very manageable this job this year but you haven't really been in that scenario, so what was that like being back on the road in the middle of a big production? Um, is your liver ready? It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know in the morning. I think um, uh, how many times do we? I mean, we travel probably you know fifteen. Who knows? Fifteen twenty a times a year. A, a lot. lot. Um, I was looking. F- I, I I was looking forward to it. I was a little nervous, not because of anything COVID rela- related. I'm vaccinated, so I, I, I feel safe. I, kind of the biggest problem or, or or concern that I had was was wearing a mask for a long period of time. Now, thankfully, this trip was only, uh, you know, whatever it was, two and a half hours on a plane. But, you know, you walk into an airport and that's it. It's on until you leave your destination. Um, and I, I felt, I didn't know how I was going to handle it. You know, I'll take my kids to the mall and um you know 20 minutes i'm i'm outside you know i'm pulling them outside because i can't wear it anymore i i think if this gig was in seattle i probably would have a much bigger problem with it i i it's just you know wearing a mask for a long period of time for me was uh was a concern but um how is it how is it seeing your uh, your colleagues who again you probably haven't seen much uh in person I mean, how is that the that part of it, the camaraderie, if there was any, or the? Uh... It was fantastic. Um, it it was the band aid uh, being ripped off. This was a long gig. This was what eight eight, eight days. days or so. So, uh, ideally, I think eight days was too long. Um, n- n- not because of the work, just because of the the separation of you know, I don't know, just being away from your family, being so used to. <laughs> them climbing on top of you <laughs> for uh, 18 months but uh i thought it was great i mean um you know in, in a lot of ways it's it's an extended family 
and you know to see everybody and to see everybody well is uh heartwarming how about that yeah it's good I didn't think you had it in you, but all right. I don't. Somebody just kept passing me a cue card. Heartwarming was on it. All right. So so before we wrap up this episode, you know, looking into your crystal ball, you know, we've had we we have events on the schedule now pretty heavy for the next five or six months. But in terms of getting back to a normal and I don't know what normal is for you at work. Like, what is your outlook? I mean, is this going to be, hey, you know, we're going to be back in the office, uh, you know, in July and everything's going to be back to normal? Or what is your outlook? No, uh, I don't think we're going to be back into the office until next year. Um, not in any capacity that is is productive. Um, if I go back to the decentralized thing, I can't go back as normal unless I centralize all of the data again. And the only way to do that is to have everybody back. Uh, I can't have three out of four people or two out of four people not being part of it. Um, And I don't think that's reasonable. I I think that everybody has a different comfort level. I will say this. I, I probably should have brought this up earlier. You get way, way, way more out of us at home than you do in the office. That's just the way it is. Um, there's no commute time. A lot of times there's no lunch. Uh, and the day certainly is not uh, eight hours. So you get a lot more. Um, I, think there's a, I think there's a balance that people working for, uh, you know, certainly for my guys, that's better. Um, there's just, there's something better. You can take your kids to school. You can eat with them, which I can't say that I've, I've done in the past, uh, just because of timing, getting out late. It sounds like, you know, you are maybe a little more productive and you like the benefits of it. So is that, uh, like you sort of saying, yes, I'd, I'd rather continue this way. That is a fantastic question. I think, uh, sitting here on the floor of this hotel room, <laughs> it's very classy, by the way. Thanks for thanks for making this I, a great I experience. I tried to get someone in the suite, but they... my glass is filthy. I don't know if that matters, but you're drinking I... Don Julio. It kills all <laughs> evils. It does I think I am more productive at home? I also think that it is very important to be amongst people. Uh, your team or your extended team. There is a lot to be said for being in a room, having eye contact, reading body language, uh, all the stuff that makes us, you know, human beings. I don't think things are going to change anytime soon for us. Um, I do think that productions will start. You'll have real productions again, uh, certainly in places like here in Atlanta, where it's way different than it is in New York and New Jersey. But I also think that the remote stuff is here to stay. I don't, I don't see a day when that is not part of what we do. Do you think that that remote work, which was never part of your, I don't even know what to say, you didn't used to take that work. Now do you see that that work is going to be in your you know, uh, capacities on a regular basis. I do. I do see it. it it's a mixed bag. Uh, the people that I deal with, uh, I, I think they know that it, <laughs> at the risk of 
of sounding blunt, I think they realize that it's not that great, um, but it is needed. And, and I do think that given the opportunity that they would go gather something that looks better. Um, it's like the old cable commercial scenario, right? Like, I don't need to know anything about TV or video. You know that it is not a, you know, a national a network spot. Commercial. It's not Absolutely. a network commercial. So there is part of, uh, and as you know, I mean, the stuff that we've done in the past is, you know, is, is more cinematic than it is uh, cable commercial. So I think people want it, but I don't think that, I don't think either of them will disappear. They're both going to stay. I think they'll both stay. I think it just needs to be managed a little bit. I, I will say this in, in closing that what I have lost in uh, video billable hours, I have um, generated more therapy hours. <laughs> I just need to know where to send the invoice for the therapy session. Oh, I can tell you. It's uh, Dr. Julio. <laughs> he's in Texas. I mean, in uh, Mexico. Well, he's, uh, he's dynamite. Well, Mr. X, I appreciate you uh, sharing. I don't think this is a topic that is discussed in the open too often. So I think that it is interesting. I'm sure there's many people in the corporate space that have similar stories i would like to extend a thank you to the uh production professionals <laughs> in the world that know what they're doing i uh, <laughs> i appreciate it all right i raise what little don julio i have left to you mr x cheers cheers my friends. and we will see you again soon all right next time on this week in production do you have something to say Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play so please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.